Hello, I'm Gwenna Lathland, and this is the Mama Cusses Podcast, the podcast dedicated to all the cussable moments in parenting. Disclaimer, the Mama Cusses Podcast may have curse words, profanity, or adult topics. Okay, it will definitely have those things. If you have sensitive littles listening with you, now might be the time to pop on those headphones or go hide in the bathroom with your grown-up juice. Today's episode is brought to you by The Coldest Water. The Coldest Water Bottle was invented by a team of engineers set on waging war against our common enemy, heat. The Coldest Water Bottle keeps your drink cold for up to 36 hours. With the true double stainless steel wall, it is engineered like no other. The Coldest Water Bottles are BPA-free, sweat-proof, and odor-resistant. Named Best Water Bottle of the Year by Men's Health, Mashable, Forbes, and Business Insider, it's the bottle you've been looking for. You can check it out at thecoldestwater.com. Enter promo code GWENA for 10% off your order. That's thecoldestwater.com and promo code GWENA. All right, let's get this shit going. Today I am joined by Nicole Snow, and I'm a... I'm I'm going to be honest. I'm a little out of my depth here. Uh, I've never talked to someone who's got one of those fucking blue checks next to their name. <laughs> and Nicole does because she is the CEO and founder of Darn Good Yarn. I am not a fiber artist or a thread crafter, and I have heard of Darn Good Yarn. And so when I, you know, I, I decided to shoot my shot and she's like, fuck yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> Wildly overwhelmed. Nicole, how are you? Dude, Gwenna, that was like the best introduction ever. And <laughs> the key to getting one of those little blue check marks is to spend a lot of fucking money on Facebook ads. So <laughs> I just I just grovel to the Zuck and I was like, please, can I have one? Please, please, please. Actually, you got if you want to know the real reason I have a blue check box is because there's a porn star and a romance novelist, both with the same name, and people were confusing me. And that <laughs> made things really awkward. So thank oh my you, God. Nicole Snow, the porn star, and thank you, Nicole Snow, the amazing romance novelist. Oh, that is the best story ever. Okay, anybody with ties to the porn connection, I'm going to need somebody to pick up the name Gwena Lathland, because <laughs> if that's the reason I get a blue check mark, I have fucking one life. <laughs> Like, I don't even, it's not even about the content. It's not about the mom community. It's I'm not a porn star. Therefore, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh my God. So this is the best intro to a podcast ever. So today we're not talking about not being porn stars. Well, I guess we are talking about not being porn stars. Um, today, I want to sit and chat with you a little bit about what it is to be a CEO and a mom. Like when you hear the letters CEO, you're like, oh, fucking big shot. Look at you. So t first tell me about the tiny humans that you have spawned or procured. How many kids do you claim ownership of? I claim ownership of one fucking terrorist. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, she's four years old. And of course, like, I love my child. Yeah. But, um, oh my God, she's 
there's an intensity there. So, um, I spawned her, um, because she is my husband's spawn. Like I was in labor for, with her for three days. She <sighs> pop, I, I air quotes popped out. Cause that was not what happened. Um, <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, this is my husband's child. And I actually talked a big game the whole time I was pregnant. I'm like, this kid's going to look like me. She's going to have my strong DNA. And like, it was like, Nope. Sorry, bitch. Sit down, and here we are. So, <laughs> I did the same. I ha- I have three kids by two different fathers, and if I weren't actually there, I would have strong questions and like, am I the mom? Like, do I need a DNA test for something that I squeezed out of my hoo ha? Maybe. That's, like, that's that's where I'm at. So I have my four year old, um, and you can check her out on my Instagram because that's all that takes up my life. Because <laughs> I'm always it's funny you talk about the CEO and the mom thing, like. The CEO stuff is kind of the boring stuff. It's how the hell I actually don't um, drink more than I do. And <laughs> Now, the secret is we do drink. We just don't tell people about it because then we feel less guilty. Um, <laughs> I say as I take a sip of my not spiked coffee. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so, but let's, let's talk about that. So you started not just a company, like it's, it's a tour de force in fiber artists community. Like darn good yarn is not something to sneeze about when you're talking about products for creating mm-hmm. fiber art. How did, how did you start there? How did you, yeah. you know what? I'm going to yarn yarns my shit. Let's do this. Yeah. So I actually wanted to learn how to knit and crochet and anyone who's not familiar with darn good yarn, like just quick backstory. Um, we've been on like the Inc 5000 list, which is um, a list of the fastest growing U.S. companies, uh, privately held U.S. companies for the past four years in a row. Um, I don't really understand how it happened, but um, yeah, like we closed out last year. This year is going to suck ass because it's 2020, but last year we closed out our revenue at like $9.1 million. And I'm like, uh, this is crazy. Um, I started out of my guest bedroom 13 years ago and I took $4,000 out of my savings account and I wanted to learn how to um, knit. And so I went onto YouTube, I learned how to knit, and then I found really interesting yarn from India. Um, I have a background in, um, I was in the Air Force, I was a contracting officer, so I knew a little bit about business, enough to be dangerous. Mm -hmm. And when I got this yarn, I was like, it's made out of reclaimed material, this is so cool. And I didn't, I knew nothing. Like my only experience with yarn was I went to craft stores, but I've always been a really crafty person. So I went to a- super techie school in upstate New York. And I was the weird chick in her dorm room doing metal sculpture. And I remember my ex-boyfriend, this is my favorite thing. He was like, I don't want to be married to a crazy art lady. And I was like, okay, bye. (laughs) So now I know that like him and his parents get all of like the um, updates from our campus, like from our university. And it's like, Nicole Snow. And I'm like, haha, fuck you. (laughs) um, so about those weird chicks that do art, bitches. Um, exactly. So what happened from there, though, is like I started the business with this like weird little yarn from Nepal, and it was recycled silk. And as I started to try to order more of it as the business grew, um, I wasn't able to get it like as quickly. Like the lead time blew up from being a couple weeks to a couple months. I started mm-hmm. talking to my suppliers. I'm like, why can't I get more of this yarn? And they were like, oh, the women that are making this are – they're out in fields harvesting right now because this is harvest season. So like, you're going to have to wait because this is like their side hustle. And I'm like, I don't get it because this is really beautiful yarn. Like why 
why is this not like just something sustainable? And it was in that moment, I'm like, okay, I can actually do something with this business where I can create, like I could use darn good yarn to be a conduit to create mm -hmm. sustainable employment for these women that I've never met. But I was just like, I knew that they were spinning yarn from their homes. They were able to stay with their babies. A lot of time, these women are like super low caste uh, within Nepal and India. So they're dealing mm -hmm. with gender discrimination, religious oppression. Um, a lot of times they're widowed and there's just no security nets. So this is really how they're truly putting food on the table. Right. Um, and I just, I, I didn't really know how I was going to do it. Like, I wish there was some more robust, like I had a business plan. Like I was just like, I'm going to hustle and sell this yarn. And I sold on Craigslist. I packed up my $1,500 Dodge Caravan and I did craft fairs yes. and it's just like, it grew on its own momentum and like my own grit. And I didn't pull a paycheck for the first four years of the business. Right. Um, I worked two other jobs while I was growing it. I, I worked two jobs for the first four years as well, which is insane. Right. And then um, it kind of just finally like took lift and flight. And here we are. So it is, it is essentially the epitome of moms supporting moms, moms supporting women. But a, a lot of these people are moms. And it's not just so you have a good product. It's not just green sustainability. And all of those are fantastic, but it is almost as much about supporting other women being able to support themselves as it is. Here's cool stuff that you can make other cool stuff with. That's amazing. Yeah. And it was I. I went into this business. I think this was key. And if anyone's thinking about starting a business, like I, a lot of times people are like, I want to do good in the world. And I was turned on to this idea of um, what's called, not to get like super business nerdy, but I think it's important because I bet you have a lot of listeners that do their Etsy thing and craft fair thing. Right, right. I do. But it's this idea of like, you know, it's a triple bottom line business. This is what it's called. And it's where you say, okay, I need to make money because I need to feed my own family. But then you also integrate into how you think about your product and what you're selling, how it affects the planet and how it affects the people involved with how that product gets to you. Right. And that was like the key to blow everything open for me, honestly, because it is like, there's so much good infused into it. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that's, it keeps me going. And then as the business grew, yarn became like half of the business. And then the other half of the business became apparel and that has its own little like ecosystem. Right. Yeah. No, I, as, as I diversify my various digital, um, output, like it, everything creates its own little beastie uh -huh. and it's, it's fascinating. Like, okay, so I've got the short form figured out. And so my next step is long form. And I'm like, well, fuck me. I don't know what the hell any of that is. Tim Ferriss fucked all of us over with that. That's what happened. <laughs> that <makes> me... <laughs> okay. So Let's let's shift let's shift to the the mom side of running shit that flies straight over my head. Triple bottom line is literally a term I've never heard because I don't I am my own product, so I don't have to worry about supply lines. Uh just so long as you fucking feed me Reese's and whiskey, I'll probably <laughs> produce something of value. Um but let's talk about what it is to Everyone wants to throw this term around the work life balance. How the fuck do you run fancy shit and get letters after your name and support women in a completely different country and also not be a shitty parent? 
<laughs> um, We're all waited with bated breath, Nicole. Don't I fuck know, this I up. Know. So here, here um, I, I am. And so here's the deal is um, I don't have any simple answer. However, <laughs> however, I had to be willing every single step of the way to question how every how moms before me have done it. So mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything I'm all for people parenting the way they need to, but the way I did it is I would look at like when my daughter was born, I said, what is the overall best net benefit for me and my daughter right now? So I breastfed her for like two and a half years. There were so many Skype calls where I'd be on with dudes and it would just be like, from from the head up and that was it there's a lot of business going on underneath and um and that's just what I did but what I wound up doing is at every step and it was methodical I said what is the cost of everything so it wasn't just childcare I said what would it look like if I actually brought in um a nanny by example for like the first year I did that and had her sit in the office with me so mm-hmm. I could run the business and yeah, it's going to take a hit because I wound up not paying myself the difference of her salary. Right. And what that allowed me to do was continue on. So it was in, in the short term, it sucked to my personal cash flow, but it was an investment in me building a bond with my daughter, which you can't really right. put a price to. But right. then I was also investing in the company. And I have other friends that um, who run businesses and they were, you know, just, they were just putting their kids off into um, childcare environments, but you know, anyone who started a company or in that sort of solopreneur place, um, there's just these crazy hours, stuff always comes out of left field and you wind up mm-hmm. sitting at work until six o'clock. The last thing you want is to have the guilt of how you haven't seen my kid all day. Right. And you're in this very high thought process place. So moving forward from that, um, you know, I'm with my husband and he was working his crazy job and I kind of got a little kill bill on him uh, <laughs> like maybe a year after uh, Anna was born. And I was like, hi, hi, I'm running this business thing over here and it's kind of taking off. And I know you have your professional career. He was an, he's an engineer, an electrical mm-hmm. engineer. And he was really smart. <laughs> and I was like, um, I know you make more money than me, but I need you to quit your job. <laughs> And here's why. And I went back to the Excel spreadsheet and I said, like, here's the cost of everything that's actually taking, like, I have to outsource these things and I can't, like, I have to have our groceries delivered. And like, I'm doing everything. And just so you know, if I do this for six more months, I don't think I'm going to even be with you anymore. And (laughs) that place, well, like, it was like legit though, Gwena. Like, I'm like, we need to figure this out or we're not going to survive. Right. And it was then at that point, he was like, okay, I got you. And it, we actually did couples therapy to help mm-hmm. us transition because he was traveling a ton for his job. And we, we wound up, um, we just used better help. I don't know if anyone out there has used that, but it's like an online, um, resource for therapy. Right. And it's sort of like you can FaceTime with your therapist. So him and I, uh, we would do our therapy classes or courses, classes, I guess they are like classes in the, um, actually in the parking lot of, where my where my warehouse is so everyone knew that if it said steve nicole and mike it wasn't a threesome it was actually us doing marriage counseling (laughs) and like don't come out to our car during that time but what it allowed us to do was to redefine 
what our roles are within the house in right. a in a totally different way. And that I'll tell you was one of the biggest things because you have this other person in your life, um, freaking leverage them. And that's right. what we wound up doing. And I'll tell you, like now I come home and yeah, like dinner is made and I leave in the morning and my smoothie is made and I'm not doing it. That's allowed me to then double down into what the investment is of the company. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's one of the things that I, I, I call it the mom box and, and a thousand generations before us have defined motherhood and as a result, womanhood to fit in this one particular shaped box mm-hmm. and everybody's box. You know, there might be some variations on what it's lined with on its size, but we're all supposed to fit in this and being a feminist and being uh, a, a woman who's on her own career path and also being a mom and also having kids and also having a husband, which all relationships take work. Um, I have come to loathe with everything in me, the mom box. Don't try to shove me into, oh, well, you're at home. So you should do all of the washing and the cleaning and the no, no, bitch. If I choose to do that, that's great because that is what's going to benefit my family. I cook in my family because my husband would murder us accidentally. Um, <laughs> and I can acknowledge this of my husband and of myself, but there's a lot of things that just because it's the woman's job or the mom's job. No, nope. Mm-mm, no, you can take your box and you can shove it up your ass. I'm not going to be in it. And that's what therapy helped break down because, you know, especially I love, I adore my husband, however, comma, <laughs> like <laughs> coming from a traditional family, um, mm-hmm. I was breaking, I was breaking down that shit anyway. And like, you know, when I'm getting input from his dad saying, um, you might want to think about plateauing at some point, Nicole. And I'm like, literally fuck off. Like <laughs> I'm going to eat you for breakfast. Thank you. And it was in therapy where we were able to say, okay, we're going to break all this shit down and let's look at what we're each good at, how we really want to serve our families. Mm-hmm. And it then it was painful. But then when we finally broke through, it was like crystal clear of how we need to delegate things out. And it's made for like way smoother sailing because if I was coming home and having to do everything as well, like ain't happening. And there might be a time too, where we might have to hire that out. Um, but not right now. Right, right. So we're going to pause right here because we have to hear from our sponsors. We will be back with Nicole to talk about, I'm, I'm excited about this back half. Hold on. And we're back. So we're talking with Nicole Snow, the CEO and founder of Darn Good Yarn, an absolutely fascinating human being. And for this back half of the show, I... I'm actually excited because I'm pretty sure this this is going to trigger you and I'm I'm just going to sit back and not say anything and just mm-hmm a lot. Do you believe that the mom tax in a professional setting is real? And when I say mom tax, I mean that women in corporate business positions are given not only less pay, but less opportunity because it's simply assumed, well, she's going to get knocked up, squat out a crotch rocket and a crotch rocket, a crotch spawn, and she's not going to be of any use to us. That's the mom tax that we are unfairly judged because we have uteri. Do you think that's a thing or is that a construct of the internet? No, I, I know that that's a thing. Um, I, oh boy, here we go. So like at my company, I have 15 employees, almost all of them are women, but like 
if anyone is part of like the EEOC or anything, I didn't say that at Department of Labor. Um, <laughs> I don't hire like that on purpose. Um, mm. However, I watch women get screwed over all the time and ha them having to work doubly as hard mm -hmm. um, for maybe even the same pay and usually less. And I was in the military. I watched this shit go down all the time where, you know, I was an officer and even with my friend, we would both get shit on for extra tasks and all of this. Mm -hmm. And the pay was actually, everyone sees what you make in, in the military but we were always like picked on for some reason. And it was yeah. one of the reasons I wound up getting out early. Um, it's, it's everywhere. And I think as leaders in organizations, and it's one of the reasons why people are like, oh, Nicole, are you going to sell your business? I'm like, nope, still got more work to do because there is this part of it where I'm creating an environment that I have control over. So that when right. people are working here and who my second and third and fourth commands are, they are all women like, and mm -hmm. we are creating this almost Amazonian, like ferocious team, um, <laughs> yes. but we're getting paid well. And like, we fucking deserve it at this point. Yes. Um, I, I don't know how to combat it in like, I wish I had a, a great idea and answer yeah. in the fortune fifties and five hundreds of the world, but it's there. And I think it is because uterus freak dudes out. They don't understand <laughs> that we become... I think the transition into becoming a mom is one of these like most, it, it has taken out of me. It's driven. I shouldn't say, well, my collagen is gone. Thanks to my child. However, it's created <laughs> way more focus and like what the fuck is important. And it's allowed me to be a more holistic leader. And mm -hmm. I think that the smart companies are starting to see that, but yeah. it's, in terms of pay, I think we're still at, um, I think we're still at a deficit. I actually just heard um, the former CEO of Container Company talk about in the past 10 years, the wage gap between men and women has become so much more severe. It's actually put us about, back about 50 years. I know I'm misquoting that stat a little bit, mm -hmm. but that's about what it's at. And it pulls out about $2 trillion of global GDP a year because of the disparity between disparity between women and men in terms of pay. So, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, and it really starts to fuck things up. And the only way I can combat it is, you know, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. So I just like continue to do that within my company. Um, and right. ensure, even cross-checking myself, like going onto Glassdoor, if I'm hiring for a new marketing person and making sure just because they are a woman, well, like we're a small business, so we're always cash strapped, but making sure that I'm not underserving them just because of that. Right. Right. It's, I've always hated. So when I was in the professional work environment, I was, I was not just up for a promotion. We were going through the wheels and I, I worked for an organization that Universally speaking, all organizations like this have a lot of red tape in doing in making any sort of motion mm -hmm. um, to protect them. I'm not mentioning who that is, but this organization said, we want you to do a new thing. And this is going to come with better pay. It's going to come with better benefits, a lot more hours, but we think you'd be a good fit for this position. Awesome. And this was in it was about Thanksgiving of 2017. Mm -hmm. In January of 2018, I found out I was pregnant and things started moving slower, but they didn't die. In mm -hmm. February, we found out that I was pregnant with twins and that's when it all died. All of a sudden, they dismantled an entire position 
It does not exist or it did not briefly because I released two eggs from my ovary and my husband's sperm found them both. What the actual fuck? That's so fucked up. Like I, what's so crazy. So right now my, my CFO, she's pregnant, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I'm the best boss in the world because I definitely have areas of concern, but we're (laughs) using this as a timeline. I actually have like within, I've been published in Inc. Magazine talking about how I try to train people as if they are pregnant because it's the perfect timeline to get all Mm -hmm. your together, to get all your procedures and process together. So like, for example, my CFO, she's going to have her baby. I don't even know what month it's, it's happening. I think next five months, I should really be better about that. (laughs) But we're, what we're using those, we're using this as a timeline to be like, okay, let's tighten this shit up. Let's make it as efficient as possible because Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean like your time definitely gets strapped in that first year. However, there's procedure that you can apply to it. And don't tell me for a hot second that most people aren't dicking around most of the time. At work. Right. They're right. Really doing only two to three hours of work a day, like good work a day. I'm sorry. Like, no, it's true. Not do that. I mean, I, I surf Instagram during the day and I'm running a company. I mean, I can't help right. myself. <laughs> no, I, I hate the idea that people cannot. So moms, no matter whether you're in a professional setting, we spend most of our day preventing suicidal ninjas from offing themselves exactly but people don't believe that we can you know keep grown-ass adults who are no longer actively attempting to pull out their own teeth with pliers because it seemed like a good fucking idea uh i had i had actually um a rugged uh interaction with one of our past agencies that we worked with advertising agencies. Mm-hmm. And I have this one woman, Erin, she's not even going to care if I'm using her name. She went into this meeting and she has three girls and she's doing the work from home thing. And like, mm-hmm. I have no idea how she's fucking doing it. Like I, I'm like cowering under my, like, maybe if I'm really quiet, Anna won't find me. <laughs> like Blair Witch Project, like style, like snot coming out of my nose in terror. And, but she's like running her household and she's running my marketing and, um, we get onto this phone call and she handles these like young whippersnappers. (laughs) And she's like, do you mind if I record? Like, no, she's like, we're going to be recording this. Like she took command of that room because they were all acting like children. And it was like one of those, like mom's fucking rule. And I think there's like that empowerment that we that I don't want to say we're aggressive with our kids, but there is, to your point, like we are dealing with these ninjas that are going to hop on our head at any time and claw our eyes out. Right. Why can't we bring them to the boardroom? Because there's that level of command and control. Like we're all CEOs of our, of our household. There's Absolutely. no reason to not bring that level of leadership and rallying of troops and getting people motivated to do shit. If you can get a three-year-old to go clean their toy room, yeah. why can't you get your marketing budget pushed through uh, corporate? Like there's that kind of thing going on. And I think that there's more of this, like, I'm going to so embrace this. Like I'm not this soft mom. And I've watched a lot of moms do that in, in more corporate settings. Like they just kind of fade back. And I'm like, dude, run into the fire with that shit. Cause you're probably, 
Right. If you if you have never if you are a mom and you have the opportunity to walk into a meeting of any sort and turn on your mom voice, do it because it's fun to watch them go. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Uh, <laughs> I finished my snack and I washed the dishes and I already did my homework. I'm sorry. Like they regress so quick if you flip on that mom voice in a meeting. Most people need um, that's actually one of the tricks I found along my journeys in career is most people need moms. Yeah. I worked for a super, super wealthy dude in California like when I was first starting the business and I was his assistant and he was a fucking piece of shit to me and <laughs> paid me like $3 an hour. It was, it was felt like it anyway. And yes, contractor um, work. I love it. I don't. And then I, exactly. And then I realized, I was like, he just needs a mom. Like he yeah. needs to tell him what to do and take control and own it. And when I started to almost like kind of abuse him a little bit, like that sounds, <laughs> sounds kind of, a, but I took it to like this place of like, no, you're going to sit down and do this. This dude was like, his net worth was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But when I started to do that, it was almost like there was such a trust that was built and that was my in. And it was like the secret power. And when I started to apply that more as I moved on in my career, I was like, oh my gosh, there's like something really untapped here. Yeah. Yeah. Something happens to us. And I don't know if it's the hormones or just the survival mechanism. When we have procured kids, because it's not even having to give birth, like mm -hmm. moms learn how to mom in a billion different ways, whether you adopted, you, uh, got someone's else's kids and they're just your bonus kids now. Something, happens. Kids. <laughs> um, something happens where in, I think uh, not a woman's true power because a woman's true power. Oh, something happens in us when we become moms that there's just this power that we can exude and exhibit and wield that if we were to acknowledge that, I I don't think we wouldn't be discussing a Cheeto or a raisin for president of the United States. That I can promise you. <laughs> um, I I don't issue political opinions here, but I can safely call them Cheetos and raisins. And we all know, we know, we know. They're delicious. Um, no, <laughs> and no, that's I, even the mom power there. What did I name? Children's snacks. For exactly. But there, it, this is, it, it's critical because I think even as women, like even stepping out from the mom, like yeah. this is part of us and we all have the ability. I think we're, we're taught to nurture, but mm -hmm. there's like a yin and yang to everything. And I think we often forget that. Like I'm always reminding myself of what's the opposite of this. So in that yeah. nurturing is a mom bear, that, mom bear that's going to claw your eyes out. If I have a baby yeah. or not, or whatever that looks like, that aggression, I think it's not masking. It's not like a bad thing. Right. Use that because that, and that's where I've learned, you know, in terms of being a mom and CEO is there's sometimes I have to like, it's this dance. I have to sometimes be tender with employees. Sometimes I'm like, if I fucking clean your bowls up ever again in my break room, I will fire you. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this like, really, there's this dance, but it's effective. And I've yeah. never seen a dude do that. And that's it it's empowering in that way. That's, that's fantastic that I, I love that. So yeah, just go mom the shit out of stuff and see how successful you are. Okay. One last thing we've got, we've got time for, for one more kind of point of discussion. So when I 
for a variety of reasons, I left the what I call formal job world, wherein I'm not employed by anybody. If I want to make money, I have to fucking do it on my own. And I can't make shit, so I just have to be funny. So that's what I do for a living, is I am funny, and I hope people pay me to be funny. Or at least to <laughs> pimp their products while I'm being funny. Um, I don't really care. I, I, I will whore myself and wear your headphones if you want me to uh, while being funny. Sure, let's do that. But one of the things that my husband and I have discussed ad nauseum is, should I go back to work? We're now at a place where theoretically I could return to work because the twins aren't infants anymore. Daycare is a little more approachable for us. Mm -hmm. And should I go back to work? And what my husband and I keep coming to is, I could. Sure. Would that make things easier in many ways? Probably, especially financially. But we have a very unique opportunity to, at least with one parent, show our kids. Mommy does this not for the money. She does need to make money. And that is part of a goal. But mommy does this not for the money, but because she's genuinely passionate about normalizing modern motherhood. Mm -hmm. You it's okay to pursue things you love. And I can tell from talking to you, there's no way if you stopped loving everything that your company does, all the various facets and fingers in pies that you've jammed in. If you stopped loving those things, you'd be like, fuck it, finding something new, because that feels like your personality type. Let me ask you this. When you yep. were little, when did you ever look at one of your teachers or caretakers and go like, man, they are impassioned by <laughs> what they're doing? Now, um i mean when i was little it felt like that was all they were they weren't people to me they were teachers and clearly that was their entire existence but were they like exuding like this is the like i'm your teacher like no one had a miss frizzle though i mean no 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 i i i had a miss bailey and miss bailey uh to my to my young eyes was like 102 and <laughs> she loved everything about it but you're right all the rest of my teachers were like i'm just fucking ready for your parents to come get you so here's the deal is when you look at what so as parents right we have to get our kids ready for the economy right and mm -hmm. we need to prepare them and you know the jury's still out on if four year colleges are even going to make it right now right but what does that look like? And how are people actually going to be making money in the future? If I were to tell you 13 years ago, I'd be selling yarn made from trash on the internet. And that's how I'm sending my kids to school. I'd be like, literally go fuck yourself. <laughs> and here we are. And the reason why I'm here is because I learned creativity, flexibility, and like a whole bunch of grit. Because like, it's not like I'm dealing with venture money. I started my company with $4,000. Like, right, right. I had no money in my bank account. So I guess it's this. It goes back to what we st started at the top of the show was how did I kind of traverse through all of this? And mm -hmm. I think you have a really big opportunity here, not to tell you what to do, but my experience share is do that Excel spreadsheet and put in numbers of what if your kids do or don't have these experiences with right. you, could it potentially set them back? Because mm -hmm. I'll tell you that like I have a graphic designer, for example, and she does her 40 hours a week with me. And she's great. But she also has her side hustle. And that's mm -hmm. where she like gets all of her. She gets what she needs out of her system creatively when my job, when the job that we have here 
um, only gives her so much, but it keeps her on the straight and narrow for this job. Like, so she gets her healthcare benefits and all of that cool stuff, but then she still gets that. And if she didn't have that flexibility and being able to be nimble around the economy and know, learning how to manipulate it and have it work for you, Uh she would be coming to me asking for a raise. And I'm going to be like, you know what? you provide a value, but not enough to give you that supplement that you need from this side hustle. Right. And then that would be a dead end job for her. Right. So I think that there is, um, I think the new economy is piecing together and I, you know, I've read a lot about it too, but it is more of a gig economy and we're piecing together different streams of income and that's where it's most secure. The reality is you could go back, work for a job and you're going to give up time, I think that, you know, Mm -hmm. one of the things with the feminist movement, so much good came out of it. But one of the things was that quality versus quantity. Right. Saying it's quality time. Like we all say, let's have quality time together. I would argue that it's quantity time. A lot of the times just having eyeballs on someone um, can be really important. And um, that's where I that's where I think we get it wrong. Like a lot of times when I ask my teen, she's 13. When I ask my teen, what it is she wants to do with me? Nine of 10 times. She does not have this grand elaborate request. Mm -hmm. She is perfectly satisfied coming out of her room and playing on her phone in my presence. Like Mm -hmm. that's valuable to her. She doesn't need me to do anything. I can fuck around on my phone or make TikToks or do some reading she doesn't care. She just wants to be with me. So yep. I think I think that proves that quantity doesn't necessarily trump quality, nor vice versa. I I really believe that. That's why I took a hit to my income in the beginning. I was like, how do I figure out how to get my kid closer to me? And even um, even now, like I I just rework my work schedule. I mean, there's sometimes yeah, I'm doing work under my covers while my kid is sleeping because there's just. <laughs> fucking ton to do it never stops it's a small business like right. i i like to i like to refer to my weeks as dumpster fires a lot of times yeah not easy but like the other side is i i could go you know balls deep and say okay i'm gonna run this company and get it up to 25 million in the next year yeah i could potentially but i would be forfeiting something that is very valuable to me on my whole life balance sheet which is time with my kid and knowing that when she has eyeballs on me that i'm totally focused on her that's worth that's the whole fucking reason we're trying to figure this all out right Um, again i think it's so important to look at or not look at what other people are doing it's what works for you what works for your family and what those little humans in your household also need too and it's not what the media is telling us. And it's, it, we've commoditized child rearing a little bit and it's kind of yep. sad to me. And I think it's really important to make sure that you're checking your societal bias when making these really important decisions. Because with you, you have something very special. Your TikToks are fucking hilarious. Like <laughs> I will find myself, I don't like, I scroll and not to be stalkery, but like, I'm like, this is striking so many chords. And I know your listeners probably probably feel the same way. Yeah. If you were to, you could potentially you the risk is that you could potentially lose that light going back into like yeah. the main crack. For what? A couple extra dollars? You right. should probably do what the tax the what the cost is if you got a whatever it is, $30 an hour job or whatever. Mm-hmm. After taxes, after this, after travel, after lunch, after time put in, what is the net benefit? 
if it's three thousand extra dollars a year, I'm not going to like shit on money. However, for that amount, for the amount of stress that it causes, it might really right. outweigh it. Right. Fantastic. Just my thoughts on life. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that, that applies to a lot of people. I, I promise you through that whole section. Yes, I, I found myself like, yeah. And then I forgot that I was hosting the fucking podcast. Um, <laughs> I, I promise you, there are plenty of listeners who are like, oh, so all right, mission accomplished. That, that's cool. it. No, I have one more question for you. Just one. And I didn't prepare you for this one. So I, good luck. <sighs> if you were given a megaphone, and you could talk to every mom on the planet and they had to listen to you for one minute. They had to listen to what you had to say. What would you tell them? Oh, my God. You really did not prepare me for this. Um, <laughs> I never prepare anybody. I would tell I would tell every mom that. It is really important to not work hard but just work in a way that you can still have connection with your babies, that it's really important for them to see the process. It's really important to see how messy it is. It's really important to see how mommy deals with stress. It's really important to show them what self-care looks like even when stress happens. Yeah. Um, and have them work into the process with you. And like one of the things that I do with my daughter is I hop in the bathtub with her almost every night, winds up turning into a 45 minute <laughs> bath experience. So I'm very yeah. pretty at the end, but I've taught her about creating small um, ceremonies in our day. So whenever we get in the bathtub, I'm like, what do we do, sweetie? And she says, we light a candle and that's what we do. And we spend that time together that mm -hmm. it is the other thing I would say is to stop looking at other moms to the left and right. Like yes. really get in touch with that inner fucking voice because that's the only thing, that is the only thing you should listen to. It is, it is the voice of every single compilation of every single one of your experiences, good and bad. And that's your true guiding light. That's what I would tell moms. Yeah. There's no such thing as a parenting expert. There's only people who have had simultaneous good ideas. Mm-hmm. So. Amen. Amen. So, all right. Well, I, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the Mama Cusses podcast. I have a page full of notes and I have homework and I, it's my fucking podcast, Nicole. I'm God sorry. damn it. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note. Thank you so much. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> and that's it for this episode. As always, we want to thank our sponsors for their continued support of the Mama Cusses podcast. We need to say a big thank you to the Fox Sisters for the use of their song Stuck on You as the intro and outro of this podcast. If you'd like to get a hold of us, suggest a topic, or volunteer to be a guest, please email us at mamacusses at gmail.com. Leave a rating for the Mama Cusses podcast on Apple Podcasts. That helps us grow. This week's small business shout out goes to How Creative Creations. A fellow Okie out of Cushing, Oklahoma, she makes small run stick ponies and hobby horses, as well as handmade rag dolls, felt play food and paper dolls, other handmade gifts. You can use coupon code MAMACUSSES for 10% off at thestickponylady.com. Also gets you free shipping in the U.S. That's thestickponylady.com, promo code MAMACUSSES. I appreciate you listening so much. Stay fierce, bitches. Thank <laughs> you.
makes me kind of crazy with the way she's treating me. She's a mistreater, a down to the cheater, and that's not how it all goes.